Shell throws the towel in on the oil sands on this energy edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. I am Sean O'Reilly here at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Wednesday, October 28th, 2015, and joining me is the Motley Fool's own Taylor Muckerman. How's it going, man? It's good. Well, good to have you back after your, your venture down south. Trip to Pioneer. Houston, Texas. Yeah. yeah. We, Take uh, other sectors. Where I, are your interviews at? Yeah. Are you guys going to California? Um, I, I came back with my 10-gallon cowboy hat, okay. so I'm, I'm rocking out. I got the, the, <laughs> the boots. and every, I'm kidding. Um, no, well, actually, uh, Tyler Crow's actually still there. He's looking to get in with um, National Oil Well, Oil well Varco, okay. the company you know well. Yep, yep. And uh, we'll actually do a, a Houston-themed show next week. Okay. He's still squeezing that interview in, but uh, good times were had. Yeah, they actually just said today that they're ready to start buying some companies up. That was I, – I can't wait to talk about this more, but I got yeah. that vibe – a great deal from the CEO of um, DNOW, which was recently spun off a year yeah. and a half ago from National Oil Well. And uh, he's like, he, he wants to lever up and do some yeah. buying. So this is going to get good. Okay. Anyway, um, so first story that I'm anxious to get your thoughts on, yep. now that we're getting back into the swing of things here, is a Shell's throwing in on the uh, oil sands. It's a project they've had in uh, the Canadian uh, oil sands. Yep. And uh, it's going to cost them $2 billion to just get out of Dodge. Um, one, that's a lot of zeros. Yeah. Two, they cited um, business conditions. It there actually should be citing forty five dollar oil. Right. Uh, what do you think? Like, is this well? They're smart, used to dumb? the zeros now, right? Because yeah, yeah. they just what was it September they backed out of the Arctic in Alaska, right? And that was a seven billion dollar project. That's that's the Arctic though, <clears throat> like, right? That's yeah. Pricier than the oil. Was, wasn't oil sands like Canada's thing? You know, it is like Canada's thing. Yeah, nobody and, else has it. I mean, it, it's uh, harder to produce. It's more expensive. It's dirtier, but the reserves are supposedly quite vast. Uh, so if if we need oil for the next fifty years, we're probably going to rely heavily right. on these oil sands. But yeah, to cite business uh, conditions, basically they're saying that um, infrastructure necessarily wouldn't be there to their demands in terms of getting oil that they would mine because that <clears throat> that's how you get oil canadian oil sands oil is you you, quote, you see unquote, the big trucks it. and everything yeah you're basically, basically just like, scraping yeah. the ground and the oil sands and then separating the oil from all the dirt and, and stuff like that so not the not the cleanest process in the world but they're blaming that keystone xl delay they're blaming that there's not enough pipelines and i'm thinking to myself there weren't pipelines when you signed on for the project, right? You were really counting on that. Keystone? Yeah. So <laughs> if you're ben- if you if you're going to start spending billions of dollars, hoping that governments act in a timely fashion, hoping that companies can interact with governments in a timely fashion, you probably have a little bit more to do with this than you're saying, and you're just bl- casting blame. Um, do they- and yeah, oil in Canada is even cheaper than it is in the states. Uh, a because it's harder to get. And they have to discount it because of the transportation, right? Yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, Canadian dollars is what you're selling it in. So that's been weakened versus the U.S. dollar, which is what people buy oil in. So Lots of fun. Yeah, there's a there's a vice group up there. And so, yeah, like you said, a $2 billion write-down is expected. Throw it in the towel. Um, real quick, just before we move on and yeah. just give our readers some perspective. So they, they, they dig up this tar, sandy dirt, mm-hmm. attractive, attractive stuff. Um, and do they clean it and refine it there? Or do they ship it out and then transport it? Like what? What happens? So depending on the company, right? So um, Suncor is an integrated producer. They they do all the refining up there themselves. 
Um, what you see a lot of times is why they need a pipeline into the United States is because they want to get the product, I, I would think, to their own refineries on the Gulf Coast. And to do that, you need companies to, 5, to send. Miles. You need, yeah, you need to go from Canada to Houston. Uh, one and B, you need companies to send what you call diluent, which is basically Gesundheit. <laughs> basically cast off products of of oil production in the U.S. and natural gas production in the U.S. Um, you see a lot of it coming from the Utica, uh, which natural gas liquids are then shipped up there. They're mixed with the oil sands oh, to dilute it, hence the name diluent. And then it flows through the pipelines a little bit better. Um, the Canadian oil sands was a big reason why oil by rail was doing so well because right. it, it, it's a little easier to fill up a rail tanker with this viscous, this thick, nasty stuff than it is to send diluent north, mix it, then send it all back south. So when they talk about rail versus pipeline transportation for oil, they really weren't competing as directly as people thought because. Right. Pipeline was doing the light, sweet, crude, and uh, rail was doing the, this dirty, heavy stuff. Cool. Before we move on, I wanted to point our listeners to a newly redesigned focus.fool.com. There you'll discover a special offer to join the Motley Fool's Stock Advisor newsletter for all industry-focused listeners. All loyal IF listeners have access to a special discount on Stock Advisor that works out to $129 for a full two-year subscription. Just go to focus.fool.com to take advantage of this offer. Once again, that is focus.fool.com. And moving on, um, Taylor, I'm interested to get your thoughts. A cash crunch is coming to oil companies. Yep. Um, you got hedges rolling off, interest rate redeterminations on debt. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep buying back stock and paying dividends for some god awful reason. Yep. What's going on? Well, yeah. So on the show, they stop it? can we tell them to stop it? Uh, well, you can try, but okay. I don't think you're quite the big enough shareholder to get into the boardroom and ruffle some feathers. But uh, so focusing uh, directly on the big ones, right. so Shell, BP, Chevron, and Exxon. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Exxon in particular. I mean, they claim about how they're going to keep buying back shares. Yeah, they're the only one of that uh, group that's continued to repurchase shares. Granted, not at the same degree that they had been previously. But right. yeah, they're still doing it. Um, so the current situation is unsustainable. At yeah. what point are they going to like face reality? Well, so you look at these companies, and they say that they spent on dividends, repurchases, and capital expenditures twenty billion dollars more than they brought in in cash flow in the first half of this year. Twenty billion sounds like a huge number, but if you add up their cash reserves for all four of these companies, it's it's uh, nearly $80 billion. So there's some wiggle room there for these right. guys. And so this could go on to the end of the decade, they you're say, saying? Moody's apparently said, and this is from a Wall Street Journal article, saying that they expect integrated oil companies, and that includes more than just these super it's majors. Total yeah, and anybody that produces and refines their own product um, on a, globally. And they expect $80 billion cash shortfall this year and a $55 billion cash shortfall next year. So they do expect it to continue, but but lessen in, in how dramatic it is next year. Um, for these big guys, though, we talk about them a lot on this on this show about they're safer generally. And if you really want to dip your toe into the energy sector in a crisis mode like we're in right now with oil prices so low, they might be the best option. And we're talking about a cash shortfall here, and they're th- this is 
a headline grabber because it's twenty billion dollar right. cash shortfall. But on the other it, hand, these are the largest corporations on the right. planet so outside it, Apple. It's so. just <laughs> naturally going to be a bigger number, but they're still in better position than the companies that are experiencing cash crunches that don't have enough cash right. to make a headline. Um, and so you look at all these companies really adhering to the fact that they're not going to cut their dividend. They expect oil to come back sometime next year. Um, Exxon, I think, is in a good position because a lot of their major projects are online now, or they're about to come online. So their capex has been trending down since 2013. And that's just by coincidence, I right? Assume, yeah, but, that's just yeah. they didn't plan it that way. If they did, they they haven't they haven't right. taken claim to that. Um, but Chevron has a bunch of big projects. Shell is just removing themselves from big projects. They're right. not reaching the completion stage. What else do they have left to cut? Because we just talked about well, the oil have, sands. Yeah. They did the Antarctic pullout. So thing they have and... a bunch of floating LNG facilities in Australia. They have offshore all over the world. So um, we can expect they're next. <laughs> well, those projects are, are darn near completion, and they're actually somewhat okay. lucrative. Right. So um, I would expect Shell to hopefully be done just writing things off. But um, I think you're going to have to wait a long time for these companies to really – have to take a closer Dividend look. increases are off the table. Yeah, so of all those four, Exxon has the least cash on their uh, on their balance sheet, but like I said, they have the least amount of projects that right. they need to currently pay for. Uh, BP, Shell, and Chevron all have uh, seven digits worth of cash on their balance Or, no, sorry. They're like $10, 20 yeah. $30 billion worth of cash. So none of these companies are in trouble, despite the, the fact that they're paying these dividends. And yeah. Sharing, yeah. I think it's just a headline grabber. If it don't, goes don't to panic, 2017, you, then yes. But yeah, I wouldn't expect a dividend increase. And they were being overly friendly, in my opinion, with share buybacks. So, Although you would like to see them buy back shares at this point. Yeah, I don't. It kills me. You see, everybody in the industry, and uh, you know, in other sectors that you know I cover as well, um, everybody's been buying back shares this year. But we're six years into a bull market. I'm like, maybe you hold on to the cash and yeah. wait for something nasty to happen and then do it. But there's a lot of talk out there that we're in a share buyback bubble and that companies are doing it to continue just to juice earnings per share. Right. In a in a economy where the, Global production is slowing, so this is one way to make the that, Fi- financial that, engineering as yes, opposed to real engineering. Exactly, and, and it is true. If you look at charts of oh, yeah, share buybacks no. and money paid to dividends, it's quite astonishing the upward and to the right trajectory that we're seeing. So, right. yeah, it's just you know, I'm not an economist. I don't claim to know what that means that all these companies are buying them back. But in your mind, yes, stocks are in a bull market, but in energy. They're we not. Think things are not so hot. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up here, I actually just want to get your thoughts on this this little salacious story that's been hitting the wires yeah. lately. Um, apparently, Doctor Evil's the CEO of Exxon Mobil or something. I don't quite know what it means. Yeah, I guess oh, the CEO's dating back to the 1980s and yeah. 70s. Apparently, um, there's reports coming out that Exxon is knew about climate change and the carbon's effect on that since the 19, late 70s and 1980s. Which I don't and, quite buy, because we started supposedly getting data on increased global temperatures in the 90s. So yeah. what's the deal? Well, do you have I, any thoughts? <laughs> no, I mean, that is that is true, but I think that they just had, they the science that they're supposedly saying existed inside of Exxon, um, there, maybe they didn't explicitly say temperatures were rising, but climate change uh-huh. uh, was going to be a thing if fossil fuels continued to be burned at an increasing rate. 
and uh, they they connected this to the Bush Cheney White House and how they were moving personnel around to please Exxon and try to avoid the impact that the fossil fuel industry might feel if climate change was proven. Um, so this is probably. I don't think this is just something that's going to get swept under the rug. We're just right. getting started. Some people are saying, you, you know, you could see something along the lines of tobacco companies and racketeering, right. like Philip Morris and R.J. Reynolds had to pay billions of dollars for sweeping cancer under the rug with smoking cigarettes. And yet somehow Altria was the number one stock of the 20th century. So yep. Exxon hasn't done so bad itself either. So nope. I, and like I said, they have a lot of cash on that balance sheet. If they had to do throw a few hundred million at this. Cool. Well, Taylor, thanks for your thoughts. Yeah. Have a good one. Enjoy Truth. the World Series tonight. Eh, eh. My team's out. You and me both. I've actually got a Cleveland Indian shirt on and uh, Hold suffering. True. Holding true. Suffering. <laughs> um, if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks that they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Taylor Muckerman, I'm Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Fool on.